Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. excited about this morning. I'm really excited about what God is doing here. And I'm just, I'm just really excited about what he's doing through prayer, what he's going to do through prayer in this, in this season. And so last Sunday, we talked about prayer. We talked about what prayer is. I said, if we're going to be talking about prayer, let's make sure we're all on the same page. If you can just click on that for me, T-Ball, so my clicker works, that would be fantastic. And so I said, hey, prayer is the, can anyone remember? It was intentionally initiating a connection with God. And so when we talk about prayer, I'm talking about anything that involves you intentionally initiating connection, right? And connection is when you take two things and you bring them together so that uh, there's a link between the two of them. And that is what prayer is. It is linking our life with God's life, linking God's life with our life. And the truth is that this can look like a variety of things. There's all sorts of different expressions when it comes to what prayer can look like. But for the purposes of this series, we're talking about anything that involves you on purpose, deliberately going after connecting with God, right? Where there is desire, there is pursuit. Where there is no pursuit, there is no desire. When I started uh, having desires for my lovely wife, that's I pursued her, or should I say, actually, when my wife started having desires for me, she <laughs> pursued me. Uh, it was probably how it started. Come on, be honest, you know that's true, right? Jar remembers that, yep. So where there is desire, there is pursuit. And so the challenge for all of us this morning is to just do a little wee check, right? Paul encourages us to examine ourselves and ask yourself, if I were to gauge my level of desire for the presence and person of Jesus Christ and God, if I were to gauge that desire based on the pursuit that I see in my life, how does that measure up? Do I look at the, the level of pursuit that I have for God? Do I look at how hard I am pursuing God, how much I'm hungering after God and go, wow, I must have a lot of desire for God? Or do I look at my weak do I look at how much time I spend watching Netflix, hanging out with friends, doing other bits and pieces? Do you get my point? I'm going to leave that for you guys to sort of sort out. So prayer is intentionally connecting with God. It can look like a lot of different things. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to answer the question like, why do we pray? So last Sunday was, what is prayer? This morning is, why do we pray? Next Sunday, I want to look at all the different uh, ways that our individual personalities can impact the way we pray, and how we connect with God. So that'll be a fun Sunday, next Sunday to come along and look at whether you know, your personality connects with God better this way or that way. And what I want to do is just really broaden our understanding of what prayer is. Sometimes in church, we have a very narrowly defined concept of prayer based on what we see in the media or what we see you know, in various places. But prayer is, again, it's very broad. And often I would suggest if we understood all the different ways that we can connect with God, we'd be a lot more excited about prayer than perhaps we are because we've got such a narrowly defined uh, view. So this morning, three purposes of prayer. We're going to run through them. It won't take long. The first one is that it builds our relationship with God. This is the primary purpose of prayer. There are lots of different reasons for us to pray, a lot more than just the three we're talking about this morning. But the primary purpose of prayer is that it builds our relationship with God. It deepens our relationship with Him. It builds intimacy with God because prayer is connection. And this is true. We can see this manifest 
or we can see examples of this in our everyday life. So often the way that God does things in the spiritual world, in the heavenly world, is based on the way that we do things here. Or to put it another way, actually, God has created us to do things here that mirror how things work in the spiritual. So you can use your brain to work out how do I build connection, how do I deepen relationship, how do I build intimacy here. You do it by spending time with people. You do it by having DMs, that's deep and meaningfuls. You do it by sharing experiences, right? So our main purpose when we pray, which is to initiate connection with God, is to build our relationship with God. If you strip everything away, the, the, the main reason that you were created by God was to know God. That's why God created us. He didn't create you because he wanted you to do something. That's why we're called human beings, not human doings, right? Anyone that's been in church more than five minutes has heard someone throw that out. But it's true, right? We were not created to do anything. When God created us, he loved us to infinity and beyond. Like he he loves you just the way you are. And if you just sat at home and did nothing with your life, God would still love you just as much because he created you for relationship first and foremost. When we pray, we are looking to deepen and build our relationship with God. And if you remember this, it helps you to kind of work out what is prayer and what isn't. Because in life, very often, you can determine the, uh, you can determine what something is by its function. So if I said to you, man, I'm trying to think of something, I can't remember what it is, but I can remember what it does. You put bread in it, you put it down, and then it cooks the bread and then pops it up. What's that thing called? We all know that's a toaster. What we recognize by its function what it is. If I said to you, man, I'm thinking of this thing, it's like, like this long, and it has a, a round head, and you push a button, and it spins the round head around, and you hold it to your teeth, and it brushes all the, what's that thing called? We'd all go, it's an electric toothbrush, right? Again, you can recognize what something is by the function that it's performing. And so if you're ever wondering, well, you know, is this prayer, is this not prayer? You ask yourself this question, is it building my relationship with God? Is what I'm doing in this space deepening my connection with God? And if the answer is yes, then I think you can call that prayer. And that can look like anything, right? Even, even fun things. Again, if you use the analogy of a human-to-human relationship, who knows that you can build connection with people by having fun with them, by just being silly. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, uh, a course for three days on deliverance. So it was all about, well, it wasn't all about, it actually was quite a lot broader than that, but the main focus was that it was how to deliver people from spiritual oppression And there was some recognition of the fact that oftentimes when someone is being oppressed spiritually and you're looking to set them free from that, that there is uh, what we would call in church manifestation. So people act a certain way, which when you stop and think about it, makes perfect sense. If you've got the kingdom of light invading the kingdom of darkness, that's a fairly confronting situation. You're going to have people acting certain ways. Anyway, I was there and it was like day two and I got there a little bit late. And so I ended up sitting right down the back with a friend of mine called Garth. Garth pastors the church at City Church. And as I sat down, Garth said, I don't do the back row very well. And I said, mm, neither do I. I thought this could get, get a little bit messy. And anyway, Garth fell asleep during, <laughs> during the thing. And so after like 10 minutes, he just goes, oh. 
And he leans over and says, I'm falling asleep. And I said, don't. And so he starts rifling around in his wife's handbag for something to kind of keep him awake. And he, he's kind of like rifling through and then he finds something, he looks at it and he just goes, he hands me a lolly and says, do you want one of these? And I look down the lolly, <laughs> it's like an aniseed ball, right? But on the wrapper it says, atomic fireball. And so I said, this is like, the conference is happening, you know, people are talking up the front, and, and so I just said, are you going to have one? And he goes, I have one if you have one. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we pop the lolly in, and he pops his lolly in, we're looking at each other, and I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad, this isn't so bad. Whoo! Whoa! And I'm getting the wrapper out, atomic fire, like this thing was setting my mouth on fire, and I look at Garth, he's got like sweat running down his face. Right, and so in the back row of this deliverance session, I'm going like, ah, 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 you know, the guard's kind of, <laughs> and I start thinking, people are going to think like, and so we're having this, like, we're laughing at the back, like trying to contain ourselves, but we're like sweats running down our faces and we're kind of like shaking around. And like, at the end of that, I got a text from Garth and it just said, thank you for being my friend. Right, like, Having fun with people, it builds relationship, right? And the same is true for our connection with Jesus. There's don't, don't try and, you know, categorize things too much. Just ask yourself the question, is this building my relationship with God? Is what I'm doing here deepening my connection with God? Then I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's prayer because prayer is initiating a connection with God. The main reason we pray is it builds our relationship uh, with God. I went back the next day, and he only had one atomic fireball left, and so I had it, and he had like a mint. It wasn't so bad the second time, I have to say. Second reason we pray is that it transforms us personally. There is an incredible power for prayer to change who we are. How many people know that we are called to become like Jesus? That is one of the core um, mandates on every single believer's life is that you are called to grow and mature and develop into a man of God or a woman of God that looks, sounds, acts, thinks just like Jesus. And the truth is that's really hard to do. But when you pray, when you put yourself in this place where you're connecting with God, when you're connecting with Jesus, it has this power, this ability to transform who you are from the inside out, Right? In uh, Luke 9, it says about eight days after Jesus said this, because we've jumped in halfway through a chapter, if you want to know what he said eight days earlier, you need to read your Bible. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with them and went up onto a mountain to pray. Look at verse 29. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Jesus was transformed as he was praying. How many people know that if prayer has the power to change the way Jesus looked, it has the power to change the way that we look? It has the power to transform our lives. If Jesus could be transformed by praying, by connecting with God, then we can be transformed by it too. It's one of the key reasons that we pray is that prayer transforms us. I love the quote from Chris Valentin. I can't remember it word for word, but the general gist of it is he said, look, if you go and you pray, you spend time with God and you're praying with God and then at the end of it, you're in exactly the same space that you were beforehand. You're exactly the same person that you were before you started. Then I don't know who you were praying to, but it was not God. Right? 
So again, running it through that, that uh, function filter, when we pray, it changes who we are. You are stressed out and anxious, you pray, you come away peaceful and content. You know, when you, are, um, when you go into pray, you come in one way, you come out the other. Prayer changes us. You're struggling with impatience, you spend time in prayer, you come out, you know, with less impatience. Um, who's heard of fan fiction? Do you guys know what fan fiction is? So fan fiction is when there's like a, a movie or a book or something and it says a certain thing and then people read it or they watch it and they come up with their own alternative theories on how things work. So a very popular fan fiction is, uh, well, it's not very popular unless you're a Disney fan. I just realized that most of you will not think this is very popular. But uh, one of the, so on the left is a photo from Frozen. Who's seen Frozen, the movie? Right? If you've got kids, you've seen it, Right. On the, the photo on the right is Tarzan's parents, right at the start of the cartoon Tarzan, they wash up on an island. Anyway, uh, some fans have kind of got together and gone, because uh, in Frozen, their parents go off on, a, on, on their way to a wedding, and their ship gets shipwrecked and they never get seen again. Um, so some fans have got together and gone, what if, what if the parents from Frozen were on the way to a wedding? Actually, the theory is that they were on the way to Rapunzel's wedding from Tangled, Right? They were on the way to the wedding, and while they were there, they got washed up on an island, and actually Tarzan is the brother of Elsa and Anya. Whoa. Again, impossible to prove, but could be true. The reason I mention that, right, is because there's a really fun fan fiction when it comes to the Bible, which uh, I'll just point out to you. Again, impossible to prove, but fun to think about, right? is in the previous verse, it says that Jesus was, so Jesus is on the mountain, right, and he's praying, and he says, it says he was transformed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning, and then Moses appeared, and Elijah appeared, and it's one of those weird things where you read it, and you're like, oh yeah, and then you carry on, but no, wait a second, because Moses has been dead for thousands of years, so too has Elijah, where did they come from? And so, because we think in a, this has got nothing to do with what I'm talking about, it's just fun. Because we think in a linear time fashion, where time is just a straight line, and you've got the beginning, the middle, and the end, or because you guys are facing me, beginning, the middle, and the end, right? Because if you do it the other way around, it stresses people out. Right? We, just, we just go, okay, Elijah must have been dead, Moses must have been dead, they must have, God must have just brought them down from heaven for that moment. But of course, God is outside time, Right? Time is nothing to God. There is a, uh, a story in Exodus where Moses goes into the tent of meeting and he comes out and the Bible says his face shone like lightning. His face was so bright that he had to wear a veil. Right. So I heard this fan theory, what if this moment here is Moses in the tent of meeting? What if Moses walked into the tent of meeting, was transported into the future to meet with Jesus Jesus said to him, mate, you got, everything's fine, everything's under control, this is what's going to happen in your life. They had this big conversation, this big powwow. Jesus is so radiant that it rubs off on Moses, and then Moses gets sent back to present time, comes out of the tent, his face is like all shining. <sighs> Impossible to prove, but kind of funky to think about. I've been waiting two years to share that with you guys, I just couldn't find a reason to work it into a sermon, right? So... Uh, <laughs> Here's another verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Look, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Look, when you spend time with God, what comes from him, what comes from his Spirit, is that we are transformed into his image. Prayer transforms our life. 
You with me so far? Cool. All right, last one. We're almost done. Said it wouldn't take long. The third thing that prayer does is it releases God's supernatural power. This is, this is where prayer gets really fun, right? Because bottom line, prayer works. I know that we feel that it doesn't work all the time. And like I said before, man, if someone had the answer to the question, why doesn't everybody get healed all the time? Why doesn't everything I pray for happen all the time? Man, that person could re- retire, right? Because everyone wants to know the answer to that question. But what we do know is that prayer releases God's supernatural power. I love this quote from John Wesley. He says, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. We are co-laborers with God. The way that that God created the universe, the way that he created us, is that he's created a system whereby we invite God into our circumstances. God never invades. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That is the action of a very polite person. I stand at the door and knock. If you don't open the door, he doesn't smash it down and barge in anyway. So the way that God works, he set this this spiritually legal system up where he says, if you want me involved in your situation, you need to invite me into the situation. You need to release me into the situation. Uh, You need to invite me into your circumstances. And so God has very graciously given us this incredible power and authority where we can dictate what we release God into and what we don't because he will never override our free will. If we say, hey, God, I don't want you entering that part of my life, then God says, hey, that's okay. I'm not gonna force you into it. But when we do release him into it, when we pray him into it, then he can do extraordinary things. And there are just so many amazing stories about you know, prayer working. So three things that we pray for. Oh, oh, look at this, here you go. This then is how you should pray. So this is Jesus teaching the disciples on the mount. Sermon on the mount, this is called. He says, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, Jesus specifically says when you pray, you have to pray that God's will would be done. Why would he tell us that we have to do that? Because we have to do that. If we don't pray that God's will be done, if we don't say, hey God, your kingdom come on earth, then God says, I won't move. I move in partnership with your invitation. Okay, so three things that our prayer does. We get the band to jump up. It builds our relationship with God. It transforms us personally. And it releases God's supernatural power. So last Sunday, we looked at what prayer is. Uh, This morning, we just looked very quickly on three reasons why we pray. There's a whole bunch more. But those are the three that are probably, I think, the biggest reasons. Number one, it builds our relationship with God. Number two, it transforms our lives when we pray. And number three, it releases God's supernatural power. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Again, next Sunday, we're going to look at you know, how our personality impacts how we connect with God. We've got Mother's Day coming up in a couple of weeks. And then we've got, we've got like a six-week period where we want to get extremely practical about how to hear and recognize the voice of God. Who wishes that they could recognize the voice of God better? Like, look at that, right? That's, who thinks it would be helpful to spend some time learning practical tools and techniques to recognize God's voice in your life? Right, awesome. So you don't want to not come to church on a Sunday because you might miss something amazing. Um, can we do glorify? Yeah, that's what we'll do. That's what you're going to do. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's the thing about me and Abel. We've always been like this. 
Yeah, yeah awesome. Here's, here's the challenge for us, right? Here's the, cha- here's the challenge for me. You can, you can measure the strength of any relationship by how often you connect. You, you can. You can measure the strength of your relationship by how often you connect. I mean, we all understand intrinsically how important connection is. I'm married. Liz and I have been married coming up 15 years. Imagine if I came to church this morning and I said to you, oh, guys, Liz and I had a pretty big fight the other day and we're not currently talking to each other. You would go, oh, that's unhealthy. When was, when was your fight? It was on Wednesday. Wait a minute, you, haven't, you guys haven't talked to each other since Wednesday? No, we actually haven't talked to each other for four days. You'd all be thinking, man, that's, that's un, that's, they need to get that sorted quick, right? Imagine if I said to you, I haven't spoken to my wife. Like she's around me all the time. I know that she's always around me, but we haven't had a proper conversation for a month. You'd be thinking, man, they need counseling. That relationship needs counseling. How often do we treat God like that? A really powerful question to ask yourself, which I ask myself all the time to make sure that I'm keeping things tight and close with God, is when was the last time that I heard God speak? When was the last time that I heard God speak? If it's today, awesome. If it's yesterday, great. But if you're telling me you'd have concerns about my relationship with my wife, if I hadn't heard her speak for the last three or four days, then what if we applied that same standard to our personal relationship with God? If you're telling me you'd send me to counseling to restore my relationship if Liz and I hadn't talked for a month, what if we had the same standard for our relationship with God? When is the last time that I had a real connection, conversation with God. And let me add to that, I don't necessarily mean that you heard words that you got conscious thought. I mean, the last time that you felt connected. Let me broaden that a little bit. Because maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I... You know, I struggle to comprehend this whole like conversation back and forth thing. But man, the other day I was out and I just had this amazing worship time and I felt so connected with God, but I wouldn't say necessarily that I heard Him say something. Connection is connection. So maybe broaden it to when was the last time you felt connected with God in an intimate way? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every single person here. Father, I, my heart for every one of us is to have such an intimate relationship with you, God. It's for every single person in this place to, to hear your voice, God, to recognize your presence, Lord, to sense your leading. God, I thank you that your word says that you are the word. Lord, that you are always for us. So God, I pray as we go out of this place this week, Lord, that you would continue to so gracefully speak to us and 
why don't you just make a decision in your heart this morning to prioritize your connection with God this week maybe a little bit differently to how you have in the past. Believing that He has so much for you. Maybe it's getting out and going for a walk. Maybe it's putting on some worship music in your car. Maybe it's just switching off the TV one night and saying, you know what, let's just read our Bible and talk about God. Because you were created to be in relationship with Him. And a relationship where you're never connecting or connecting really is not a healthy relationship.